0: you're listening to the ignite sessions podcast hosted by virginia tech chi alpha our hope for this podcast is to encourage listeners to pursue god's kingdom and his righteousness we hope you're blessed by today's episode
1: Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Nice, awesome. Well, welcome to Kai Alpha. Thank you guys so much for taking time to hang out with us tonight on your first official night as a college student. I trust that the first day of classes was as as amazing as you anticipated it to be. If you've never heard of Chi Alpha, Chi Alpha is a, a, a campus ministry that is on over 300 campuses in the United States and overseas. I don't know how many, but they're on campuses overseas as well. And our heartbeat is to see students reconciled to Christ, to see the, the, the university transformed, the marketplace transformed, and the world transformed. I believe that one of the most strategic things in all the world is to see your generation impacted with the love of God. Because I know, this is not a guess, I know that each and every one of you, you're going places. You're going to be people of influence. Because you sit in this chair tonight and you study at a place like Virginia Tech, you are going to be someone of influence. And I don't know if you've noticed lately, but we need a whole lot of people in this world, that are going to influence not just our nation, but the countries around the world with the love and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And I believe the people sitting in these seats tonight, you're them. Amen? We also believe that Chi Alpha is truly a family and understand that because we're on a secular campus, I don't know where you are in your faith journey. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know if you've, you know, said yes to Jesus when you were five years old at VBS one, one year, or if maybe this past week you ran into some people that really love Jesus, and you heard the, the gospel, how Jesus loves you, and He died on a cross, and He rose again to conquered sin, death, and the grave so that you can have a relationship with Him and you've said yes to Him. I don't know where specifically you are at tonight, but this is a place where we want you to feel welcome. Wherever you are in that journey, we want you to feel welcome to be here. And uh, I believe that Life Group is another place where you can ask questions to your peers that you have from studying the Bible together. And I encourage you wherever you are in that faith journey that you should probably ask those questions to the people in this room. It's okay to ask them outside of this room, but what we often do is we don't consider those that are in this room to ask the questions that we have, the really difficult questions. It's easier for us to ask the people outside this room those questions for some reason. But I would challenge you that if you're going to ask them, then you might as well ask the people in this room as well. Amen? And so I encourage you along your journey to dive in. Don't be shy. Um, we, I'll tell you right now, we don't have all the answers. But we're willing to dive into those questions with you. Amen? So again, thank you so much for being here. I, uh, I want to talk to you tonight uh, real briefly from... The the letter of Romans. And uh, I have a a, a little slide here that I I want you to see this. If we can get that up there. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 1. And as you look at this picture, right, you see crazy traffic, right? And I want to ask you this question tonight what are you caught up in? Because. I don't know where you're from, but I grew up in New Jersey. Anybody from New Jersey in the house? Okay, come on, Matthew. Anybody else? We're the only two in the room. Why is people laughing at that? I, Matt, I don't, I don't know what just happened, but one of the things about learning to drive in New Jersey, and I'm very, I'm very happy to be from New Jersey, and I'm grateful that I got to learn how to drive in New Jersey, because now... I can drive anywhere without a problem, you know, because you have to be aggressive in New Jersey. And if you ever roll into New York City or L.A. or Atlanta and you've never experienced that kind of driving before, it takes a really long time to get places. And as I've come down to Virginia, I've learned over time that there is just major cultural differences in driving. I don't, I don't know if you've picked this up yet or not, and I will never forget being on a date with my, before she was my fiance, she's now my wife, and we're at a light, and there's a guy in front of us, and the light turns green, and he doesn't move, not even a little bit of a roll, and he's probably on his cell phone, and I just do the little, like, boop, boop, wake up, you know, it's been green. And she goes, oh, we don't do that here. And I was like, what? You don't use the horn? And so uh, I've come to learn that in Virginia, you guys are the kind drivers, and Jersey just want to get places, you know? I also lived in Montana for a little while, and uh, come on, and when I was living in Montana, this is when I realized, this is another time in my life that I realized I, I, Jesus needs to do a work in my life, you know? So my friend was driving, and we were behind uh, one guy, and then there was another lane, right? Nobody's coming. This guy's taking a left turn, and he's just not turning. Like someone needed to have given him a personal invitation to turn, even though it was already green. And I'm like, we caught the light twice. Twice. And nobody was driving by on the right side. And I'm thinking to myself, if we catch this light one more time, I'm going to take the wheel and I'm going to drive us around this car, right? Because why? Because when you grow up in a place where it's always fast pace, you're just trying to get places. And there's a difference in culture. But I've also noticed driving on highways and interstates and parkways and whatever you call them, It's so easy to get caught up in the flow of traffic. Now, listen to me for a second. What do I mean by that? I mean the speed in which people are driving, somehow you gradually move into that that level of speed. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been there? You're like driving down the highway, and all of a sudden you glance down, and you're like, oh, whoa, 90 miles an hour. What am I doing? Right? Now you're like, oh, great. The preacher, he speeds. He speeds. And, uh, but I, I think it's funny because the reality of it is, is we just got caught up. You never intended to go that fast, but because the flow of traffic is moving with that rate of speed, you're just moving right along. And we wind up maybe putting ourselves in a situation that we're not really excited about. Now, some of us, maybe we never glance down at the speedometer and you're not really aware of how fast you're going until what until you see the police officer on the side of the road and then it doesn't matter how fast you're going everybody does what you step on the brake right you're like wait why does that happen i think that's hilarious i don't know why but it's it's funny to me because no matter how fast i'm going we see the cop on the side of the road and then we hit the brakes but guess what it's too late Right? I mean, if you see the cop and he's got a radar gun, he already got you. But we hit the brakes anyway, as if that's going to give us some grace if he comes after us. Actually, one of the things that I typically do when I'm driving down the road is, if I'm on the highway, is I'll, I'll, I'll set cruise control, right? Because then it, it keeps me in a safe zone.) <laughs> But I remember thinking all the time, like, if I'm only doing five miles an hour, I will never get pulled over. Anybody there? And so I'm doing my little cruise control five miles an hour. And as soon as I said that to myself, I mean, I remember this. I was going down to see some friends in South Jersey. And I'm like, I'll never get pulled over. And literally thinking that in my head. And the moment I say that, I look up and I see the lights on the I'm like, "Oh my gosh, how dare he pull me over for 5 miles an hour? Who does this think who does this guy think he is?" And so, now I'm I'm like on this two-lane highway and there's a semi to my right. I can't get over. And so I go like this to the cop like, "Should I pull over this way?" <laughs> you know. And he shakes his head. And so, you know how it is. I pull over, taking deep breaths, like it's like I did something really, really awful <clears throat> and start looking for all my stuff. And I'm just sitting there, you know, with my license and my insurance card in my lap, and probably two or three minutes go by, and I'm like, he wasn't behind me anymore. He blew right past me to get somebody else. Uh, but I, I had to go through that whole emotional torment because of I thought he got me, you know? When we're driving down the highway, I think it's amazing because it's not too different than life. We can so easily get caught in the flow and the direction as we were talking about, the speed, the, this idea of, of going with the flow, making sure that we're staying connected. And, and again, it's it's crazy that when the authority shows up on the scene, we all of a sudden pay attention to what we're doing. And I wonder, right, like where would we be if we actually understood that the authority that we're talking about today, the one who created all things, he doesn't miss a thing. Would we live differently if we understood that, that God created you, but he sees all and knows all? How would we live differently? You have not, some of you are, you know, this is your first day of classes period in your college career. And what you've probably already noticed from being here for a week is that there is what I would call not just the flow of traffic, but the current of the culture. And you guys, you know, again, you don't, it doesn't take a genius to understand that currents can, can be extremely strong. If you ever stepped into a river, ever stepped into the ocean, or someone's ever been taken by a rip current, like there to fight against the current is, is difficult, and I would say and argue that the world has a, a current to the culture, and it is evident here at Virginia Tech. It's a current that, that wants to take you farther from God. And what we don't understand is not only does it want to take you further from God, it's taking you in the direction that, that Satan, the devil, desires you to go because he's out for one thing, to kill, steal, and destroy that's what he's after. And so some of you maybe have found yourself in, in this season of your life and you're already maybe, you've done things you thought you would never do because the current is strong. That, that when you decide to swim against the current, right, it's, it's a challenge. That's why everybody else goes with it because it's actually a fight. It doesn't just happen easily. It gets, you start to drift, right? And all of a sudden, what we understand is that, that we have got to actually make an, a concentrated effort to live differently. It's the same way when you're on the highway, right? Like you have, to, you have to be purposeful and intentional with the way that you drive so you just don't get caught up in things. I believe that as we read this passage of Scripture, we're going to start with what Paul is writing to the, to the Romans about the condition of man. And so I'm, I'm just going to read Scripture tonight. I want you to listen because I want the Scripture really to speak for itself. This is what the Word of God says in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. they not only do them, but they give approval to those who are practicing them. The condition seems bleak. It seems bleak. It almost, to me, gives this picture as we walk through this passage of Scripture, we understood from Paul saying that they, although they, they know God, that they, there was this, not this, like, there was no way for them to know Him. There was no opportunity, but actually that they, they knew God. But because they, they, they chose not to acknowledge God, they went down this path. And I think it's very interesting that as we read this passage of Scripture and we, we notice that there's some things in our, in our life that are so criti- critical to this faith journey, and one of those things is that it's more than just knowing. It's, just, it's more than just knowing about God. But he says, right, like, that they became futile because they did not honor him or give thanks. Claiming to be wise. But they exchanged the glory of God to worship that what was created. And it, and it gives this picture again of this journey of it. It didn't start off like it started off with the opportunity to people to know God, but then they chose not to acknowledge Him or honor Him and give thanks to Him. And all of a sudden, we became darkened in our heart and understanding to the fact that we were willing to, to no longer worship the one who gives us life and to give us gives us breath. The one who formed you in your mother's womb. The one who blessed you to even with the mind to study at an institution like Virginia Tech. Like this is the God who who loves you. but But people, humanity has chosen to disregard the reality of this God. Who, by the way, it says that men are without excuse. Because his invisible qualities are clearly seen. but because we chose to push him away he gave us over to the lusts of the flesh and i think as we as we understand this this is the scary part is that we can read over these lists and we can say wow okay that was me and when you understand like these there's not just one on the list for me you know what i'm saying i wish i could say there's only one disobedient to parents Paul's like, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. I think you got to the, every end of the spectrum in the, those two, right? You're like, inventors of evil. Are you sure? Didn't he make a mistake by writing disobedient to parents? But but why, why is this such a big deal? Because honestly, friends, like when I was in college, I sat in, in your seat and I was just ridden with all of these things. I could, I can give you the list that I was unrighteous. I was evil. I was covet- I coveted. Uh, I was full of envy and anger, strife, deceit. I gossiped. I was insolent. I was haughty, boastful. I was disobedient to parents. I was foolish, faithless, and heartless. And all of those things, and those may not, and there's probably more than I'm, I was even guilty of. Uh, but as I read this list, I'm thinking to the fact that without Jesus, where would I be? Without what Jesus has done on the cross, where would I be? The condition was bleak, but Jesus came to rescue men with that same condition. And if we're really honest with ourselves, and we read through the list, I think we could begin to ask God, are there there any offense, is there any wicked way in me, God, that that you would want to deal with in my own heart, in my own life, God, because I don't, I want to be right with you, right? Like, I want to be right with God. You see, the reason why we slow down when we're driving and caught up in the flow of traffic is because there's an authority figure on the side and he will enforce the law. Right? The reason why we hit the brake is because I don't want to pay for the ticket. And I don't want to get the points on my insurance to increase my insurance. And depending on how fast you are, it depends on how fast you're going, depends on the, 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 the strength of the penalty, if you will, Right? But when will humanity wake up and understand that there is one that is far greater in authority than any police officer and he doesn't miss a thing, he sees it all. And therefore, before a holy God, you and I are guilty of sin. The Bible says it this way, that the wages of sin is death. That what we earn from living this way is we earn death. But the good news is that God didn't leave you there. You see, that's, that's the difference between Christianity and every other religion. Every other religion is trying to make their way to God. Our God made our way, made his way to us. And he wrapped himself in flesh. And he died a brutal death as a sinless man for you and for me. Because those wages, what we owed, had to be paid. And they could only be paid by the one who was 100% human to identify with human and 100% God to bear the weight of the wrath of the one that he was going to unleash it. And so God took on our sin so that you and I could be forgiven. You and I could be forgiven. That's why here in Chi Alpha, we completely agree with what Paul says right before he launches into the condition of man. We see in Romans 1:16 through 17, for he says this, one of the things that is so powerful about this is that the roman the romans were powerful they they even boasted in their power if there's one thing that they understood it was that they were a powerhouse are you understanding and all of a sudden paul steps in and he recognizes like no 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 there is a power that is far greater than that in fact the philosophers of that day believed that that most men understood their weaknesses and their inconsistencies and their insecurities to to do things that are just common day things in order to to get by in life. And what we discover is that in our own strength, we are powerless to set ourselves free from sin. We are powerless to, to set ourselves free, right? That we need someone to act on our behalf in the moment to, by grace, to set us free. It's amazing that Paul says, look, I'm not ashamed because you got to understand to, to the people who grew up in Rome and now are a part of the church, they understood power. And he says, listen, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not going to be ashamed of this message. I'm not going to shy away from the reality that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him. You see, here at Caiapha, we really believe that there is no other name under heaven, which men and women can be saved, that Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. And we're not ashamed of that. I think of it this way, right? Like, I think when you, when you know that this to be true, how can you not declare the truth of that? Don't you think it would be so wrong? You see, if what Christians believe is true, that you need to know Jesus and, and receive what He's done in order to be with God for eternity, and if you don't, you go to this place called hell, how wrong would it be if we chose not to share that with anybody? When I was doing my internship with Chi Alpha, there were these preachers that would come and they would, uh, their technique was a little different than anything that I would embrace, but they would just yell at you, you know? And my director was standing there and this young man was, you know, just chatting it up with him. And he says, the young man says to, to my former director, he says, what do, think, or, what do you think about this guy? He says, Well, you know, I don't know about his, his method, but, you know, I do believe that if you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. And the guy says, no, there's, there's no way you can believe that. In fact, if you believe that, I think you're evil. Because if you believe that and you're not doing everything you can to prevent people from going to hell, then you're evil. That's what he said to, to my director in that moment. And it's like, Ouch. But there's some truth there, isn't there? Like, if this is really what we believe, if we remain silent, what does it say? But that there would be men and women that would rise up and and walk in the way that Paul walked. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Because I understand the power, the power of God for salvation, the gospel Is the power of God for salvation? I think that's something that is, again, it's it's not, it is news, it's certainly news, but it's not just news. It has the inherent power to change a life. And there's men and women in this room right now who've experienced the power of the gospel, the power of the good news of what Jesus has done by forgiving us, right? By, by dying on a cross and coming to life three days later. We, we've experienced the power and the life that is extended to us because of what Christ has done. What I notice in many years in college ministry is this is, can be a trap, right? Like the trap can often be not being bold in your faith, not not being ashamed of the gospel. We live in a culture, we, we just, we don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, we don't, but, but friends, do you understand, like, it just can't be okay on our watch for people not to hear It just can't be okay on our watch for people not to know the one who loves them. Because when you look across the world and you begin to look down that list, in in Romans chapter 1, we see this is the problem with the world, right? We want to put categories on that problem. Like, oh, it's a political problem. Oh, it's a it's a it's a racial problem. Oh, it's whatever. But the truth of the matter is, all of those problems are stemmed from this thing called sin. It's actually a sin problem, because people can't handle power and authority in those political offices unless they're walking in the humility of Jesus. And, and this is what this is why this matters. We need men and women that are going to embrace the gospel today. That are not going to be ashamed. They're not going to be ashamed to to speak up to a classmate. They're not going to be ashamed to speak to a, a roommate. They're not going to be ashamed to declare the truth of Jesus Christ. Just like you and I would understand, it would be a terrible thing. To to be walking by, watching someone floundering for help in in a lake nearby, and you just were like, "Oh, that's a bummer." I hope they find some help, and just let them drown. We're really doing no different if we continue to be silent when it comes to the gospel. That we would not be ashamed of the gospel for it has the power the power to change lives you see when i was in college and i sat in those seats and i listed off those those things i tried so many times to change myself i tried so many times if i just if i just was a little bit more disciplined in this area of my life or if i was a little dis- if i could just say no to the alcohol if i could just say no to the drugs if i could just say no to the women i i'll be all right i'll figure it out but but guess what happened i could never do it in my own strength I could never do it in my own strength. Yeah, maybe I could, what we would call, like, white-knuckle it for a week. Maybe a day. But I was captured by this reality. One of the things that is true about sin is these things that Paul's writing to the Romans about and how men have given up and got turned to this way what we didn't realize was that sin always takes you farther than you want to go. And it holds you longer than you want to stay. And it will always cost you more than you want to pay. All men are powerless to rescue themselves. This gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it was written, the righteous shall live by faith. Righteousness means that God treats the sinner as if he had never sinned. That we're seen in right standing with God. One commentator says, the righteousness of God is given to the believer. The righteousness which is unto justification is uncharacterized by the perfection belonging to all that God is and does. It is a God-righteousness. Man, I don't know about you, but there is no... When I I talked about the difference of other all-world religions, like God because you believe in what Christ has done, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are seen as righteous before God. Wow. Wow. I don't know about you, but that is a pretty special divine exchange. None of us deserve it. And none of us could ever earn it, but it is truly by the grace of God in what He has done. He goes on to say that the righteous will live by faith, that these next few years of your life, the invitation to live by faith, it is to have faith in God, but then to live by that faith that it changes everything. The longer I've been in this, the more I've seen people say things like, well, I'll get serious. I'll get serious about God after after college. When I have a family, when I get married, then I'll, then I'll really get serious and I'll start living right. Friends, what makes what makes us think one that you're also just all of a sudden after all these years of not living right that you're just going to turn a switch and be like boom I'm in I'm good i just believe that's part, part it's deception to believe that you're going to go 4 years of living the way you want to live and then all of a sudden you're going to be like I'm I'm ready but the other thing is and i know this is really difficult for you because you're so young you have the rest of your life ahead of you it's just we're just not promised tomorrow we're not promised tomorrow so how do you know there's going to be a tomorrow to get right with god and just as when you're going down the highway and you see the cop, it's too late. The day that you stand before Jesus, it'll be too late because you'll give an account for everything that you've done. I want you to check out this
0: video. No, that's what Hello, Milligan University. This is Alex speaking to you from the hospital bed and. I just want to give an update on my current status. I was just informed that it seemed the worst of my injuries is my broken leg and a dislocated shoulder. I want to exhort and thank all of you all for praying for me, for the Milligan team, and for the university and institution. I just, I, I wanna say that moments like this make you realize what is and is not important in your life. And my exhortation to our school tonight from Williamsburg, Virginia, is do not, do not forsake or discount the beauty and the gift of life. It is like a vapor and it flashes before our eyes. I just wanna thank you all for praying for me and for for the Kramer family, for the Baldy family, for the cross-country and track team. And I, my desire that as an institution and university is that tragedy, even in as sorrowful and, and devastating as it is, that there is a beauty that can arise from ashes. That's what the scripture says in the book of Psalms. And so my exhortation, Milligan University, to you is to cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you do not know him, he wants to know you. He wants to know you. He loves you and he died for a relationship with you. And he doesn't want us to have to spend eternity apart from him. In hell, he loves us so dearly and he wants fellowship with us. And in as tragic as this is and in just the brief moments of me being awake, I can feel God's presence in a way I've never felt. And so the hope that I exhort you, Milligan University, in this time is that we would cling to the Lord because the scripture says that he will never let the righteous be shaken. For those of you who may not know him, but you care for us, I still thank you so much. I want to let you know, though, the most important thing for me right now is that Jesus Christ, the God of this universe, will be exalted and that every single one of us at Milligan University would have a relationship with him. God bless you all and thank you, every single one of you that's praying for this team. Have a wonderful night. And as time and ability permits, there will be updates sent. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignite Sessions podcast. To learn more about Virginia Tech Chi Alpha, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it using the hashtag The Ignite Sessions. We'll see you next time.